Hello and welcome to Crutchfield the Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back and uh, checking us out. I am your host, JR, with me in studio today, my good friend, Eric, another bald guy. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Wouldn't want to do the show without you. Oh, well. I, I mean, at some point, I probably will. That, that's okay. I'll, I'll forgive you. Yep. Also in the room today, my dog. In fact, he's here every time. If you ever hear like a weird jingling sound in the background, that's him scratching his neck. That's his collar and his little tag. We are very pro-pet here. Yeah, we love dogs. There's dogs everywhere. There are. There are. All right. This is the show where we talk to Crutchfield employees about the employee purchases they made, because as you may have seen on the Crutchfield website, we sell some pretty cool gear. The only uh, the only complicating factor is just how much stuff there is to choose from. There's a lot. There's a, lo- there's a ton of stuff. There's so many speakers and receivers and TVs. And talking about it, there's terminology that's weird. So and, much jargon. And alphabet soup that right? you have to dissect. And yeah. we, you and me, and all of our advisors here have to know all of that stuff that's right not everybody needs to know all that stuff no no Goodness right no. Absolutely. Um, that's one of the reasons crutchfield is here uh we try to make this stuff uh as clear and as plain as day in whatever way we can that's why we write articles that's why we do videos that's why we train our sales advisors for 14 weeks on how to talk about this stuff in a way that isn't super complex how to make it easily understood by the common man That's right. And that's why we're doing this podcast, because we here at Crutchfield have access to all this stuff. Mm -hmm. We looked at our 600 employees, and we thought with with 16,000 products to choose from, what products are our employees choosing to purchase for themselves, to bring home to their families, and have as a part of their lives? And why? Hey, we might be talking to you on one of these episodes coming up, because you're going to put a new stereo in your car. Yes, I am. In the near future, right? Yeah, that's that's a plan. Have you chosen your new stereo yet? I have. What's it going to be? It's going to be a JVC. A JVC? It has a nine in the model. You're making this up. It has a nine. It's the one in my back seat right now. Oh, you already have it. Oh, I have it. So it's a JVC with Apple CarPlay, right? CarPlay. We're upgrading. We're going from another JVC. I wanted to make sure I got CarPlay. I figured it'd be an easy. Uh, transition maybe even the wiring harnesses stay the same i have to dig into that a little bit but uh, excellent and we're going to have uh, the sales training class probably do the installation to put it into your uh honda ridgeline honda ridgeline that's right it's truckish the truckish and so now you'll be able to do ways on your own personal car stereo and not just have to look at your phone or drive someone else's yeah, car all those cool car play features definitely looking forward to it but we digress let's talk about jess let's talk about jess i went down to norton uh norton virginia it's in southwest virginia six hours from where i'm sitting right now to talk to her about the uh, home theater receiver and speakers and stuff that she put in her home what she's listening to on it what she does on her days off with her vinyl record collection uh and how much she's enjoying the stuff she bought so as we get rolling with jess here you are going to hear eric and i cut in from time to time just to maybe expand on some of the things uh, Jess is telling us about uh, that we didn't get a chance to talk to or maybe fully dive into. So we are going to rudely, rudely interrupt this conversation with hopefully some really helpful, cool information that might help it make uh, make it even more useful for you. That's what we do. And without further ado, my conversation with Jess. In high school, going to school, I had, I think, 15 Jesses and Jessicas that oh graduated my in my graduating class. Yeah, it was a popular name popular. in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how long have you been at Crutchfield? For almost two years. Two years. How do yep. you like it so far? I love it. Love it. Love what, it. Love what, it. What's your favorite stuff to talk about? Home audio. Home audio? Yep. 
That's my passion. Uh, do you have a home theater set up? I do. We have uh, monitor audio silvers for surround, front channels, our center channel. Everything is monitor audio silver and our Yamaha 3080. Oh. Yeah. You went serious on we the receiver. We went serious, yeah. That's a we lot of power. big deal. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, we have the Denon turntable. Mm-hmm. A seventy-inch LG. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we went we went hardcore. If you're gonna go hard, <laughs> go all the way. <laughs> seventy-inch TV, Eric. That That's sounds big pretty TV. big. Yeah. Is absolutely. it too big? Is it bigger no. than she needs? No. Well, probably not. With the higher resolutions that our TVs are capable of today, you know, if you're doing 4K, yep. she mentioned it, seventy-inch TV, you can actually sit six feet away from that TV. So my mom always said not to sit too close to the TV. Six feet away sounds too close. Yeah, it might actually be too close for some people, but as far as the resolution goes, you're fine. So if there's print on the screen, you're going to be able to read it. You're not going to have to squint. Uh, It's going to be comfortable viewing from that distance. Now, whether or not you want to sit six feet away from a 70-inch TV is a whole other story. I think TV should be appropriate for the room, and it's hard for us to pick for people what that means, However, with a higher resolution today, you know, that we have a lot more options than we had in the past. And, and you know, Jess has a family, so there's there's other people in the room sure. uh, often when they're watching TV or watching a movie. And so not everybody is sitting in that perfect home theater spot or right. as close to the TV as they might want to. They've yeah. got to accommodate three, four, five people. Right. And there's a range there. You know, six feet would be, you know, the as absolute close, close as you'd exactly. want to Exactly. That's as close. So certainly you could be further back from that. Nine feet would be a great viewing distance uh, for a 70 inch TV. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you're capable of getting pretty close to these big sets these days. We do have an article that is all about choosing the right TV, getting the right TV for your room, uh, for how far you'll be sitting from your TV. There's even a chart in there. Uh, and the chart's broken up into two sections. So if you're watching 1080p content, we'll call that high definition, uh, there's a chart for how far away you should be able to sit and not have it uh, have the resolution reveal itself, you know, uh, have it look great. And if you're getting a, uh, if you're able to get 4K content, Content with a 4K Blu-ray player, that sort of thing. You can even sit a little closer. The chart goes into detail there as well. So it gives you a nice range, what size TV you should have for how far away you're sitting from it. That article will be in the show notes for this episode. Let's start with the monitor audio speakers. How did you, how did you zone in on those? The type of music that we listen to, we look for the warmth and the efficiency of the low end. So those were super efficient. They can take some heavy duty power Mm -hmm. and we could really crank them. So it was between those and Martin Logan. And we went with monitor just because they were so incredibly perfect. And uh, the Yamaha receiver? The Yamaha, uh, my dad growing up had a massive system and he used JBL tower speakers and he had a Yamaha receiver and he loved it and I carried that over into our tradition and decided to go Yamaha. So uh, AV and gear and electronics and music has been in your family for a long time? For as long as I can remember. What kind of music did your dad like to play? He liked David Bowie um, and he, so he was on every end of the spectrum. It would go from David Bowie to Credence Clearwater to Leonard Skinner yeah. and to the Beatles. I, I like mean, your it, dad. Yeah, he, he was all over the place, and that's the same situation with me. And he was probably playing everything on vinyl, I would assume? Everything on vinyl. Uh, and you have, uh, you said a Denon turntable? Yes. And how often are you actually playing vinyl? Um, I'm off every Wednesday, yeah. so every Wednesday I'm cranking it. Nice. Um, my kids, for the most part, have control during 
after school hours. So anytime that I've got time to turn something on, like yesterday I was dire straits all day. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so Jess went with a Yamaha receiver partly due to the legacy of her father having always had Yamaha receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get that from time to time here, don't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. Yeah. What, what receiver brand did your dad have? Do you even know? Oh, it was a Kenwood, actually. It's funny you say that. My dad, when he came back from being stationed over in the Western Pacific during the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. he did some shopping while he was there. Yes. Uh, he went to many different ports in that area, uh, including China and Japan and the Philippines, and he came back with a motorcycle mm-hmm. and a stereo and some Kenwood speakers. There you go. And those Kenwood speakers were the speakers in my family's home the entire time I grew up. When I moved out, I was allowed to take them with me all the way up until the surrounds rotted out. But, man, they we loved those speakers. They, those speakers sounded great. And uh, if Kenwood made home speakers today, I'd probably be an owner of them mm-hmm. because I've always loved their sound. It was a great speaker, uh, which plays into this. Jess uh, knows how to use a Yamaha receiver. It's been intuitive. It's it's part of her life since she was a kid, so it just makes sense to stay with Yamaha. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense to me. If you were to change brands, it's not the end of the world. I mean, there's plenty of other great receivers out there, but this is where you're comfortable, you're familiar, and, uh, and of course, in the case of this Yamaha, it's amazing. Yeah. It's the Yamaha RXA 3080. Uh, how many channels? Nine channels? Nine channels at 150 watts per channel. That's serious power. And when Yamaha says it's 150 watts, they kind of mean it. Right. Right? I mean, they really have packed a punch here so that you can put almost any speaker you want with this receiver, uh, except maybe the most power-hungry speakers on planet Earth, right? But most everything else is going to be fine with this amount of power. Right. This is the most power you can get from them without going into a separate, without getting into a separate surround sound processor versus power amps. Yeah. You can do that with them, but this is... I currently have a Yamaha receiver. Uh, it is many steps below this 3080. It's a simple five-channel receiver. It's not really connected to the internet at all. It does most of what I needed to do. Yeah, when I heard her say that she had that, I, I, I got a little jealous, to be honest. It's pretty simple and easy to use. That's right. That's right. Uh, including uh, streaming music. Yep. Yamaha yeah. has their own uh, wireless music system, multi-zone, multi-room music system. Music cast. It's built into this receiver, so it can become a zone in a bigger system. That's right. You can do wireless speakers integrated with this using the receiver's audio, the re- audio that's coming from that receiver. Maybe it's from a TV or something. Yep. And you can play those in speakers in other rooms without having to run a bunch of speaker wire. So that that flexibility is built into this. Yeah. Along um, with having nine channels of power, which gives you the ability to do Dolby Atmos or extra effect speakers, or maybe even power some speakers in a second, second zone. You could even uh, buy amp a nice tall pair of floor standing front speakers right. to really give them, I mean, you're talking 300 watts yeah. uh, into the, uh, the upper section of a floor standing speaker, 150 watts for the tweeter in the mid range, mm-hmm. 150 watts for the base section of a floor standing speaker that is one way to get amazing two channel left and right audio out of your front left and right floor standing speakers and of course it benefits you when you're playing home theater as well when customers tell us that they're using this their setups for both movie and for music this is the type of receiver we like to show them because it excels at both and yamaha knows music they're certainly one of the first names you think of when you think of pianos drums guitars all that stuff check out that logo it's tuning forks you kids though they're into vinyl my oldest one is into vinyl. Um, oldest, uh... She is almost 17. Okay. Yep. When we first got the turntable and my youngest kids were seeing 
the vinyl they didn't understand. Yeah. And she was able to listen to it and hear the warmth and the detail and the popping and cracking of mm-hmm. the, the vinyl. And she she loves it. So that's awesome for me. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. kidding. It's like an idiot. I sold all my vinyl at a yard sale. Oh, no. I thought vinyl was dead. Dead. I thought yeah, it was dead. Exactly. This was before I worked at Crutchfield. This is probably 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, and vinyl had been just gone. Like, it was nobody had a turntable. CDs were uh, the, ruling the world of listening to music. Absolutely. Uh, we weren't on the internet yet. Uh, vinyl was gone. Eight tracks were gone. Cassettes were going away. Cassettes right. were annoying. Yeah. Right? yeah. Now oh. cassettes are coming back. Cassette, I get a lot of phone calls looking for cassette players yeah. for their car yeah. um, and it's coming back with a vengeance I mm-hmm. mean people really want to get a hold of those and I feel bad because they just can't access it they didn't sound great no I mean, <laughs> the vinyl sounded better CDs sounded Absolutely. better the radio sounded better yeah. but Tapes were the only one at the time, but the only way to get the music out into your car. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't. That's why I still don't quite understand why people want them today. I don't either. Um, they miss the tactile feeling of uh, winding the tape back, back in up. with the pencil. Yeah. So Eric, we actually currently sell cassette decks. There was a few years there. There was kind of a, a lull, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, of, of Crutchfield just not carrying anything that played a cassette. Just nothing. Well, we were digital. Digital happened, right? Digital and, happened. Yeah. Vinyl came back. Yes. Cassettes, I don't know that they're going to make the same level of comeback that vinyl is making, but they are back enough. Yes. That we've got two cassette decks that currently are available at Crutchfield. You can that's buy right. one that records a CD to a cassette. Mm-hmm. You can buy another one that's just your typical, traditional, dual-well cassette deck. That's right. You can record two tapes at once. You can play one to the yeah. other. It's 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 everything you remember about a cassette deck at home. It's still available. Yeah. I, I've heard some folks with bands here uh, talking about making some recordings on a cassette and handing them out. You're so. probably going to sell more cassettes at mm-hmm. your live show, mm-hmm. at your merch table, than you are CDs. Yeah. And if you have vinyl, even better. That's right. So uh, you, you set up the uh, complete home theater system as well. Yes. Uh, so let's switch gears and talk about uh, how much you're enjoying that with uh, the movies, TV shows, stuff like that. Absolutely love it. Um, we added on an audio engine sub. And the way that our home is laid out, our ceilings upstairs, which is where our theater room is, are pitched way uh-huh. high, like 20 feet. And... It real at first everything kind of sounded super spacious and we didn't get a lot of the detail, especially in movies you were that we were looking it up for. Into the ceiling right, where nobody's head is exactly. At. Yeah. And so we added that sub, and if I'm downstairs, it's right. You know, a small eight inch sub is really rattling everything. So for, you know, I have I might have a solution for that. Uh, in my house, I have a Klipsch ten inch sub, and it's uh it's it's the second. There's a basement corrugated metal cement and hardwood on top of that and uh, you would think with all of that that the subwoofer vibrations wouldn't rattle my windows right but it does yeah uh, especially at the volumes i like to listen to stuff at. exactly um so uh i i was just looking through stuff uh on our website with a customer and i realized we carry something that is designed to solve that problem uh the Oralex subdued yes and uh, i got the bigger one put it under my sub Instantly, those vibrations are gone. You, I always wonder with you know sound damping products, mm-hmm. sound deadening products, how well they can really do what they do. Uh, this thing perfect, and it and it made the bass sound better. Right. I don't. I, 
when listening to music, I do two channel audio. I don't have, I don't dial no a sub, sub in yeah. at all. Um, you don't need to with those exactly. monitors. Exactly, the monitors they, they, I just they play don't. nice and deep. Absolutely, yeah. they're so efficient. But um, we had looked into even the ISO feet, mm-hmm. but the way the audio engine is laid out, it, I don't believe that they would work in right. that kind of situation. So the RLX, we may have. Yeah, yeah to, it's just a platform. You just set any sub right on top of it, and with that smaller sub, you can probably go with the smaller one. Right, I highly recommend. Yes. Jess, thank you so much for talking Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. This thank has been you. a lot of fun. So 70-inch TV, big old receiver with lots of power. Big old monitor audio floor standing speakers. That's right. She has a large room. Yet, the bass was kind of missing. Yeah. Uh, even from uh, plenty of power on a big floor standing speaker, a large room will take your bass and throw it away. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to really fully enjoy it. And uh, a powered subwoofer, mm-hmm. uh, which is a speaker designed simply to give you that sound of dinosaurs exploding. That's right. That impact. Yeah. When something blows up, you want to feel it uh, in your bones, in your floor. You want the neighbors to know That's right. something just blew up. And you, in a big room, you're going to definitely, and in, in almost any home theater situation, you're going to need a powered sub mm-hmm. to take care of that real big time low end. So that was my interview with Jess, a sales advisor in our Southwest Virginia contact center. I really enjoyed talking to her, uh, even though we were in the middle of the contact center, surrounded by people on the phones. That was all the background noise you heard. Uh, I do also want to mention, you heard me talk to Jess about the Aurelex Subdued. That's right. And that same day, I went and realized that we actually had a Subdued sitting in the corner uh, in what we call our lending library. It's where our advisors get to borrow products take them home, experience them so that they can speak to customers from that experience. Mm -hmm. She took it home. She put it under her sub. She loved the results. Took care of it. So much so that if we didn't ask for it back, she might have tried to just keep it. (laughs) She wouldn't do that. No, of course not. (laughs) I joke. She brought it back, and what she did was then purchase her own. And told me that it absolutely solved her rattling problem. Her room sounds significantly better. You didn't. She didn't lose bass because of this. The bass got better and more accurate. So, considering all the other stuff she has, this is a minor, uh, minor upgrade from a financial standpoint, but paid big dividends at the end of the day with performance. Exactly. That's great. All right. Now's the point in the show where we answer a real customer's real question. Uh, We have an article on our website called "Intro to Home Theater Speakers." It's all about home theater speaker placement. Uh, When you can, you should put your speakers in the proper places in relation to your television, in relation to your seating position. And of course, you have to take in the design of your room uh, and whether or not you can do anything to that room, like cut holes in walls and things like that. Uh, And so uh, it's kind of a big deal because not everybody's room is perfect. Sometimes you have to compromise on the perfect speaker placement because of certain factors. And that leads us to our question from Brian from Lake City. Brian wants to do Dolby Atmos or DTS-X uh, in his home theater, which is when you have speakers kind of mounted above you or sounds coming down from above you to give you that three-dimensional, yeah, yeah, three-dimensional three-dimensional sound. sound. It's mm-hmm. it's a really neat advancement in the world of home theater. It's very right. popular. Most of our home theater receivers do it. We have speakers designed to be your Atmos speakers, yeah. but Brian has a complication. Uh, he says he can't afford upward firing speakers, which what, is, what does that mean? Uh, so those are reflective speakers. Typically, you would position those uh, either in front of you or behind you. They're kind of angled, and the sound reflects off your ceiling. 
back down into your ear holes. And typically you would sit sit them on the top of your front your front left and right speakers, your floor mm-hmm. standing speakers, aiming up at the ceiling, like you said, bouncing mm-hmm. the sound back at you. That's right. He can't afford to do those. And he rents his home and cannot install ceiling speakers, meaning his landlord might not be happy if he were to cut eight-inch round holes in the ceiling and put speakers and run wires, right? Uh, maybe he would, but... Probably shouldn't give it a try. <laughs> Probably not the best idea. So he's got a uh, he's got a question about something he can do instead, which is: Can I mount small surround speakers on the ceiling, not in the ceiling, but mm-hmm. on the ceiling, and point them down? Will that provide Atmos or DTSX? Yeah. So the simple answer there is yes, definitely, absolutely. You can certainly do that. Uh, you do want to get your Atmos or DTSX speakers up as high as you can. Mm-hmm. On the ceiling, if possible. Yep. Uh, the, tilt, the, still tilt them at you, if possible. Yep. Maybe a little in front of your seating position. Yeah. So usually the positions would either be slightly in front or slightly behind. If you're going to do a pair, I'd recommend uh, in front of you. Start with those. Yep. Uh, and this would uh, not involve cutting big holes in the ceiling, but maybe just screwing a bracket yeah. to the ceiling. Hopefully you want to screw it into the studs or the ceiling joists yeah. to make sure those speakers are mounted securely it so sounds they don't like, fall and hit you in the head. It sounds like Brian probably already has these speakers based think, on this yeah, exactly and uh if if this gets him the sound that he's looking for he can save a couple dollars uh you know until he gets his own place and he can hack up the room however he wants then yeah by all means have at it yeah so certainly getting those speakers up there another thing that's going to help even if this isn't the perfect speaker location for dolby atmos or dtsx is most home theater receivers have a built-in room calibration software so you're going to put a mic in your a microphone in your seating position and once all your speakers are connected including those two he's going to bolt to his ceiling mm-hmm. you run that room calibration software it plays all these sounds out of the speakers it measures the distances and the location and the acoustics of your room and it does everything it can to account for anytime you can't put a speaker in that perfect location for home theater yeah so if you're placement is compromised does not necessarily mean your sound has to be exactly there's many things that can be done in the digital signal processing world of the home theater receiver to fix imperfect speaker placement so yeah brian put some speakers on your ceiling run the uh, auto calibration software in your uh, in your home theater receiver throw in a uh, dtsx or atmos blu-ray and have a good time so that just about does it. Visit crutchfield.com slash podcast to submit questions that maybe we can answer here on the show, uh, to read our show notes, links to articles, and other things that we think you'll find helpful or entertaining or both. So if you're enjoying Crutchfield, the podcast, as much as we are enjoying making it for you, we'd love to know about it. Please uh, write us a review. Uh, rate us. Five stars, probably the best rating. I think that's the one you should do. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're open seven days a week. There's Crutchfield advisors standing by, like Jess, mm-hmm. right, and many others. Uh, they're ready to take your phone call. You can chat with them online. You can even just send them an email. You'll get a response much faster than we can do it here on the podcast. So if you're looking for help now, give us a call. That's what we're here for. 